the idea that I don't own it once it goes into the world. I mean, yeah, the copyright technicalities, but the way people get to interpret it, that that's their story. My story ends when I show it to the world. And from then, at that point, they, the customers or whoever sees it, they, it becomes part of their story. And I have to be okay with that. Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. I'm Becky Simpson, and I'm Being Boss. Today, we're talking about getting a day job with Becky Simpson. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. In the world of working for yourself, you have to remember that business is personal. People hire people, and being polite can go a long way. So where do the most polite business owners in America live? New research from FreshBooks reveals that Oklahoma, Alabama, and Ohio have the most polite small business owners in the country. FreshBooks recently analyzed customer data to uncover which business owners by state are the most likely to use please or thank you on their invoices. And where do Emily and I come from? Oklahoma and Alabama. Those please and thank yous combined with the legit looking invoices FreshBooks generates are helping us get paid faster. Try FreshBooks cloud accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Please and thank you. Becky Simpson is an art director, illustrator, author, and founder of Chipper Things, a paper and lifestyle brand that celebrates play. Chipper Things was launched in April 2016 and features over 70 products with Becky's illustrations. Becky is also the author and illustrator of The Roommate Book and I'd Rather Be Short. Becky lives, illustrates, and eats tacos with her husband in Nashville, Tennessee. We first introduced you to our friend Becky in Being Boss episode number 78. Part of the reason we are so excited to have Becky on the show is because since we last spoke with her, she has taken on a day job, not because she's giving up on her art or on chipper things, but because it was something she really wanted to do. And this is an important thing we want to talk about on the show because so many of our listeners have this mindset, and perhaps we fed into it as well, that in order to succeed as a boss or in order to have the freedom to pursue your creativity, the ultimate goal is to quit your day job and go totally on your own. There's a lot of shame in maintaining a day job, but it doesn't have to be either or. You can be a boss and pursue your creativity at the same time as having a day job you really truly love. All right, but you also have a day job. I do. I just messaged the team on Slack and I was like, I'll be back in an hour. Bye. (laughs) So let's talk about this because there are a lot of creative entrepreneurs who are doing things in a lot of different ways. And there's also a lot of shame and feelings and emotions going around about, do I... Do I quit my day job? 
creative entrepreneurship is the end all and be all, or maybe I need a day job and what about health insurance and just general feelings of security and la la la, la, all the things, right? So your path as an entrepreneur has been that you worked for somebody, then you quit and were freelancing and launched chipper things, then you were freelancing some more, and then you got a day job again. Yes. Is that correct? You're so good. I was, I felt guilty making you like, you know, summarize my career path when I could have just made it easier on you. But yeah, I I mean, after college, I had a job and it was good. And then I quit the job to go freelance. And then I freelanced for a couple of years. And then I had my Adobe creative residency where it was, they paid me, they paid me a salary to pursue my projects. So that's where I launched Shipper Things. So even though I had a salary, I was definitely still living the freelance lifestyle. Uh, And then, yeah, so recently, probably in June, I started working full time again. And it has been so good. Right. And I I also want to give this a little bit of perspective because you've been on the show before. And I think whenever you were on last time, you had just finished your Adobe residency, if I'm not mistaken. And so you were really like diving into chipper things and doing the thing. And that was maybe a year and a half ago now. So I want to hear what's happened like in the past year and a half. So like diving to chipper things and then what happened next? Yeah. So I... I started, I ended the residency and I was all in on chipper things, which I still am. Uh, and then I realized, oh my gosh, this takes some time to grow. Whoa, who would have thought? And then kind of was like, well, I should, oh, I'm sorry. Chester's barking because FedEx is here. Uh I anyway. love your Instagram stories whenever you like zoom in on Chester. Oh, he's such a sweetie, right? It's like he doesn't. <laughs> I love those as well. Um, <laughs> and he's a boxer, right? And Jane is a boxer too, right? Yeah, we're you boxer moms. Yeah. I, sorry, I was distracted. Do you want me to start over on that? What I was talking about, so you can cut that out. No, let's just. Keep oh going. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> we're keeping the dog in there. No edit. Chester stays. Okay, good. Well, okay, good, good, good. Okay, so you went all in with chipper things, and who knew it took work? Oh, yeah, exactly, right? it took time. It took time. You were in for the work. You didn't – maybe did you not realize how much time it would take to get off the ground or to be profitable? Like, what what were your expectations, and then what was the reality? Right, so chipper things. So because I was sponsored by Adobe, I had a year to work on this thing, and I had all these connections. I mean, I can't think of anyone in the world who had an opportunity like that, you know? I mean – it felt like if I can't succeed with this, then who, yeah, ooh, pretty big failure. So I kind of just assumed it would just take off faster because I had such a head start for most people starting a business like this. Uh, and so it just took longer. I mean, it's always been good and I've always had great feedback and I've always had consistent sales. All, all that good stuff. But, you know, when you're selling the kinds of products I am, the profit margin is, it's not super high. You know, I might, I could make, I could make between 10 and $30 a sale, uh, which t- takes a lot of sales to have a, you know, to match a salaried position. Uh, so anyway, I was totally fine with all that. It just took time and I, it just got to a point where, 
I really wanted to start making more consistent money. And I mean, the whole time I was weaving in the freelancing stuff, but I basically the, the short version is I realized that eventually chip or uh, freelance life mixed with chipper things. Uh, it felt like it just made chipper things really heavy because I, I wanted to have the freelance make the immediate money and I wanted chipper things to be the business where I only grew it. I didn't spend any money that I was making. It just all went back into the business. But when they were all mixed together, it all felt like everything had to be monetized. Everything had to be efficient. And it became, it, it just, it, it was, it, I felt a lot of pressure from myself. So by the time I went, I decided to get a job and I had this job, I, I, the, the freelance stuff was really doing well or it started to really pick up and, you know, not everyone in my position would have done what I did, but I, it was also a time for me to take a mental break and, and to just kind of release myself and my identity from, I have to do it all, everything by myself. And this, that, that version is way simplified, like way, way, way more simplified than, of course, how it played out. It was like a year of going back and forth and being like, this all feels heavy and hard and pressure. And, and this is what I'm supposed to be good at. But what I'm, it's not quite matching. Like it's, it's stressful, you know, all that stuff went into it. But that's, this is where I ended up. And I just feel like so, so light and so free with this right now. I want to talk about a few things here. Let's unpack this. Mm -hmm. So one, the Adobe fellowship that you had was a significant amount of money and also a lot of pressure. So like one of the things I always think a lot about is, and I think that creative entrepreneurs fantasize about, is getting this like piece of rocket fuel that will just propel them into instant success. So whether that's getting on Oprah or getting like an amazing sponsorship. But the thing is, and I don't know if you've learned this as well, is that there's only, that rocket fuel can only take you so far right? So for anyone who's fantasizing about some sort of silver bullet or some sort of given answer or formula, it's still a lot of work, even with all the help in the world. And also, I just want to like send you some love because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Like, oh, well, if this doesn't make it, then I'm really an extra failure because I've got this huge resource. Like, that's just not fair for yourself. You're not a failure, Becky. Oh, thank you. I don't feel like I am a failure. I, I mean, it's all kind of unfolded in slow motion. And yeah, it feels like everything, I've done my best with it the whole way through. And I've done a great job. It's just that it takes time. And the way I want to build it is different from how someone else would. Someone else would want to build it in such a way where they don't mind grinding it out and scraping for you know every every last penny or I mean that's kind of dramatic but this is just the way that I chose to move forward but yeah those thoughts definitely crossed my mind of like what do you you know why can't you get it right why did it work for this person but that's I mean that's just how how life is like it's I would rather lean into or become the kind of person who can pivot with those sorts of, um, you know, the, like disconnects than someone who just 
knows how to do it right the first time every time. So, yeah. And also Adobe, I do want to give them credit because they, I'm, I can't believe they never made me feel pressure. I mean, they could have because they really invested a lot in me. Um, but I think we all do see it as a, as a success. It's just the navigating afterwards wasn't quite as like clear of a path. As I suspected. Gotcha. I did not mean to imply that you failed. Oh, no, I don't think I you just, did. No, if <laughs> Sorry, like, if I made... If that's what you had no, no, been no. saying earlier. But yeah. I guess that just this idea that... I, I Here's the other thing, is that success is so... Um, it's based on perspective, right? Like someone, everyone's perspective is different on what everyone else's and even your own successes, right? So like even with being boss, like we'll have people come up to us and say, oh my gosh, can you believe it? And I'm like, yes, but it's also not enough yet. Like my bar is higher than where I'm at. Even if, you know, where you see me at is like the highest, right? It's all shifting and it's kind of like a moving target a little bit, success. It's not a real thing even, maybe. Right. And I I also get this I also get stories all the time from really awesome creatives who get into especially product businesses I feel like this happens actually product but also if you're doing like client design work for sure where you're selling your creativity in a way that at some point like your own creative fulfillment gets it started but beyond that your creativity is being sold to to the end user like you're not creating the things for you anymore you're creating it for the market and um like I heard an example once of like you know if someone um if someone just wants shirts with owls on it you're designing shirts with owls even the even if you're sick of designing owls or whatever it may be like you you as someone who's creating product for profit your own creative fulfillment loses its importance in some cases and I think that that can be a really hard place to navigate and it's usually a place that comes up in business once you've once you're already all in it like you've started it you're doing it and then you get to this place where you realize that the things you're creating are not for you anymore you started out that way but they're for the end user whoever that may be and some people have a really hard time with that I remember having a super hard time with that whenever I was whenever I was designing jewelry back in the day um, there were trends and things that called or called my customer to me much more so than where I wanted to take the take things and that made it really difficult and I ended up leaving that business um, for those very reasons all those years ago and so I, I know that for product for sure that can be really difficult and I love that you I love that you are mindful enough throughout the process and you're still doing chipper things. It's still amazing. I'm just using the story to illustrate that doing creativity for business is not all rainbows and butterflies by any means. And there comes a time when you have to weigh your choices. Um, And I love that you seem to have done that many times throughout your process and pivoted when needed. Thank you. Yeah, that is a good, the whole, it's for the customer. That is like, I'm kind of just recently really learning that. I mean, I've always been aware of it. And that's why I'm able to sort of dissect why certain products do better than others. But the idea that I don't own it once it goes into the world. I mean, yeah, the copyright 
technicalities, but the way people get to interpret it, that that's their story. My story ends when I show it to the world. And from then, at that point, they, the customers or whoever sees it, they, it becomes part of their story. And I have to be okay with that. So that's a like, yeah, very yeah. recent realization. Oh, right. That's some heavy shit. I haven't had, I haven't really, I haven't had like trolls or, I mean, you know, there's always a, a few like want wahs, but overall, like very overwhelmingly, I, I haven't run into, some of the stuff that I hopefully if I if I become as big as yeah as big as I want to (laughs) be I just haven't hit that yet because it's I know it's there okay the other thing that I wanted to talk about though before we move on and the thing that you said that probably had a lot of our listeners in tears or at least it made me well up a little bit was just the mental break idea and anytime I'm fantasizing about a day job isn't because my business is failing and chipper things wasn't failing and it isn't because um, it's too hard or I'm not cut out for it or all the things that you know like our inner critic might start telling us about it's because I need a mental break like I just need someone else to tell me what to do and I'll do it really great but there is a lot of like emotional um you just have to like have a big capacity for holding lots of thoughts and ideas and emotions and all the things whenever it comes to running your own business not to mention wearing all these hats so I think that even beyond just financials or any of that this idea of a mental break is pretty huge so I had like a a bit of a breakdown recently after having a conversation that had me for the first time in many many years considering what it would be like not to be the boss basically where like I had a moment where I like broke down and cried at just like for that half a second feeling the weight being lifted off my shoulders of like what it would be like if it all didn't come down to me and my decisions and my ability to make it do and at that moment I really realized for the first time maybe ever just how heavy it all is and how light you could feel if you didn't choose this way of life because it's hard shit (laughs) (laughs) and it's something that I know Kathleen and I fantasize about all the time this idea of what if we did just quit and go get a day job and we're not ready to do it yet so what's it like what's it like to get a day job I mean obviously you didn't quit you're doing both which is another thing I'm going to dig into a little further down our path but what's it like now getting a day job and that weight being lifted like what did it so one like how did you actually go about as an entrepreneur finding a day job that fits your standards because I imagine I always think about this idea of going back to a day job. And I think that we need to eradicate the word back from our language because we're all moving forward. We're not going back to anything. And so I'm sure that being an entrepreneur and a freelancer has moved you forward in a way where your criteria, whenever it comes to searching for a job that fits, you know, what you want your life to look like has shifted since, you know, whenever you graduated college and we're looking for your first job. So can you tell us a little bit about some of your criteria in finding a day job and what some of your requirements were and how you actually found it? Yes. I, to the first part of that question, the, as I said before, it's been really, really good. And one of the reasons is because everything else. I mean, I still even do some freelance projects, but now I get to be 
I just get to be so much more selective and charge more. I had the biggest freelance project of my life after I got this job. I've had, I've traveled to Australia to speak. I was, I'm having the most, the highest paid speaking engagement of, and I can, I'm able to just leverage, not even leverage it. It's now it, it feels a little bit more like a game. I have nothing to lose. So that's been a really cool, fun thing. And, uh, as far as how I got, went about it. So I decided that, yes, at one point I would rather have a job than no job. Well, a job that I like. I mean, I didn't want to have just any job, but I, overall I, I did want to get a job and I wanted to learn. I, f- I felt like I'd been swimming in the same pond for a while and I wanted to learn from people. I wanted to contribute what I've learned and I felt like, again, with how hard the whole struggle of like, what do I do? It was so apparent that, that like, it would just be good for my soul to make actively like break down the, this is your identity bit. So really, I just told friends and I reached out to people that I wanted, you know, just to kind of put it out there. I looked for remote jobs. Uh, I looked for jobs in Nashville. We had just moved to Nashville. So I just did a lot of asking around and I I was actually interviewing at this one place and my friend uh, Henry owns the company I'm working for. It's called Embassy. Uh, It's a marketing firm in Austin. So he didn't even know. I was working on a freelance project for them or something and I mentioned this other job interview and I think that's what alerted him. Like he didn't even know I was looking for a job. And so that, I mean, just him knowing I wanted a job and then later he offered me a job. So it it sounds simpler than it was because it did take me, it was months of like, you know, emailing people, emailing Refinery29 and Britain Co. And, you know, companies I just blind, you know, blindly like emailed to see, are you, is there, is there anything open for someone like me? It was also actually really hard. I forget about this. Because after working for myself for so long, I I felt like, well, I don't feel like the title of graphic designer or illustrator is even sufficient. I I feel like I'm a brainstormer and I can make content and all these these other things that I, without not not trying to sound like, I, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, I just know that I have ideally more to offer than just design skills. So. That was an interesting thing too. Like, how do I pitch myself? What does the perfect job look like? But thankfully, I part of why this has gone so well is because I I really do think I found the perfect place. I mean, I get they they support Chipper things so much. We're working on a a little project. I'll tell you about later. And uh, yeah, they know they like want to see Chipper things succeed. And I'm an art director, so I get to do all kinds of design and brainstorm and collaborate that's a long answer did, did I cover like it it's so cool though how <laughs> really positioning yourself for the dream day job is a lot like positioning yourself for a dream customer and really articulating what you do and for whom and even just showing up and saying it right like yes. I think we all take for granted this idea that 
Um, you have to put yourself out there to get hired, whether it's by a client or a day job and really being able to say what you do. And, you know, I, during that time I was talking to you as well, Becky, about through some of this stuff. And it's funny because even now, as you say, like I'm more than just a designer or illustrator, like I can brainstorm whenever you were going through all that. I was like, well, yeah, you brainstorm. That was one of the things that I probably took for granted about you but I was like, I want to know hard skills. So it's interesting, like what, who, it depends on like who's looking at it, right? Because if I got a resume and that said, I can brainstorm, I'd be like, yeah, but can you design a logo? What does your typography look like? Do you understand good letting? You know what I mean? Um, so it's just interesting, like what's going to stand out to somebody and what's not. But I love the idea that it was, that your friend was alerted to the fact that you were even looking for something. So then did you think at any moment like, oh, why, why didn't I tell him earlier that I was looking for something? Yeah. I mean, all of the the potential opportunities I had were from telling people and them through, through relationships. Uh, so absolutely. I mean, I never announced it on social media, which I think I could have or should have done. But it was still very personal at that time, and I wanted to be in control of my story and be like, oh, I just, I don't know. I felt like I, it was this big, big old ball of personal stuff. Uh, so that probably would have been helpful too if I did. It, you, it's so funny how you would just, you can't assume you know what people want or need or what how they see you. People could assume I wasn't looking. I could assume they weren't hiring, and you don't get to know the truth until you talk about it. I want to hear a little bit about what like a day in the life looks like for you now. So it's not just getting up and freelancing and, and shipping things out for chipper things. You're showing up for a nine to five more or less, but you were just telling me that you were designing Facebook ads. So what does the day in the life look like? Yeah, well, I wake up as of the last two weeks. It might, it might be jumping the gun. I've been running 20 minutes every morning and it is so good. I finally decided that if I go on a little run, I can do that. And it makes me feel great instead of a like long ass run where I'm like, nah, not today. So that's a side Because didn't you just do like a half marathon? Yeah, but I only run when I'm training. And for that oh. half marathon, I only ran the long runs once a week, totally gotcha. defeating the purpose of. So nobody's going to run if they have to run a half marathon every day. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so twenty minutes a day you're running. I love that. So that's like my. I've been focusing so well. Anyway, that's just a little like life hack thing I'm into. Uh, life hack exercise. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And as if this is news. yeah, Good. yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Becky, oh my gosh, it we got to tell Tim Ferriss. <laughs> for his next book uh but yeah so that's that and then I I start work early I do like I ideally I do a couple hours of chipper things and then I dive into embassy and uh just you know do that most of the day but sometimes I like today I wove in some chipper things um I try to I mean I I prioritize I do mostly embassy work and when there's the work but it's also okay to do chipper things throughout if like there's deadline. I mean, it's not like you haven't sold them your nine to five. It's just get the work done. Yeah. 
That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm curious about. Like, are you obligated to working like a certain amount of hours or is it project based or how does it work? It's really just get your work done. But I want to honor, obviously, the work that I'm doing for them and to give them my first because that's my employment. Um, and so then if it makes sense to be like, oh, I'm going to take this call, I'm going to take this podcast call, uh, it's fine. Just do your work. And ideally, I'm doing great work and going the extra mile so I, I can feel okay about doing this. But they, they, I mean, they've been nothing but supportive. I, I, it's such a great team. Everyone's rooting for each other and, and sees the best in each other. So, uh, it's, yeah, I, it hasn't really been, it hasn't been a thing of like, this is the rules necessarily. It's just, uh, do your work and do a good job. Okay, so in your mind, whenever you take on a day job, do you feel like chipper things and your day job are both 100% or do you feel like it's 50-50 or do you feel like chipper things is your side hustle? Like how do, how are you like mentally compartmentalizing things? Um, mentally, I mean, chipper things is my baby. So that's really near and dear to my heart. But the job feels – I really give, I think I give that, I think I give the job, I mean, sorry, I do give the job priority because that's somebody, if somebody's employing you and you make an agreement, like Henry, the team, they're doing all this work. So I, I, like I said, I I need to, and I want to honor that, but I mean, it's like nothing, nothing beats your own little baby. So there's, my heart is, is all into chipper things, but also embassy. I don't know. I feel bad. Do I sound like a weirdo (laughs) right now? I feel like I'm asking you really hard questions. (laughs) No, it shouldn't be that complicated. But yeah, I mean, it feels chipper things is way more than a side hustle. But embassy is my full time job. And that's what gets more of my time. A lot more of my time. Like most of Well, my and time. it sounds like you have some pretty good structure around, you know, if you're coming in in the morning and working on chipper things first thing and then you're diving into your embassy work and then spending the rest of your evening doing chipper things or whatever it may be, it sounds like whenever you have built a structure around when you're working on what, it's not so much a an issue of what takes priority right now because you know what takes priority right now because you've built these containers around them. And I think that's that's like a time management hack of like time blocking, basically, of knowing when it is that you need to be doing the thing. So there's never a conflict between the two. And I think I think that that sounds like what you're saying where you've you've created these containers that allows you to not ever have to choose one over the other. It's just what time is it now and what time is it going to be later? Right. I wish you answered that question because that was way more distinct. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Love it. Love it. But do you, do you struggle with time at all or is it no big deal? Like, do you ever feel spread thin since taking on a day job? You know, surprise. I mean, yes, I feel spread thin, but no, I, I don't feel very different from in terms of time very different from when I was freelancing because I spent the exact same if no, I probably spent more time freelancing and now I just have consistent pay. So and more structure. Way more structure. And I have a team where if it's five thirty and I can't I don't expect them to even respond on Slack because you know, past six no one's responding. So that also creates this boundary, like an unspoken boundary of like you gotta do it before six or it's the day's over 
and that's I mean and I have Greg is is really good with those kinds of like work boundaries too he has a like an office job so which is your Greg is oh yes yes uh so those kinds of things are really helpful too to to show like you just you figure it out like this is your day and you have this much time do it figure it out I love it I love it Okay, so I have a question then about um, financially. Do you ever feel like, oh, well, I I actually could be missing out on making more money? Or do you feel like the security is a good trade-off? Or do you feel like you're actually making more money? Like how how's that all shaken out so far? I would probably make uh, – I, I would say I probably make more or comparable – right now with this than what I was consistently doing. But you, of course, with a full-time job, you break down your hourly rate and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. I I made like way more than this when I freelanced. But it was like, well, did you, did you build, you know, do you build eight hours a day? Of course not. So yeah, the money, it's easy. And then, like I said, I can still do the freelancers, the other stuff that if I want to make more money or I want to like spend the time on it. Of course, now the, the time thing is a major trade-off but it doesn't feel yeah and even if I probably like maybe I could make more freelancing but or I could just depend like it's so worth it to me right now though it doesn't matter it's whether it's more or less it's not extreme enough that it would change the fact that I feel like the the tax you might pay as an employee is uh so worth it for the the security and um the consistency of it. Yeah, and like probably you have to wear less hats. As far as marketing or finding the clients and all the things, do you do you feel like you have more or less meetings now that you have the day job? I yeah, I have less meetings. And it's nice because the team is they're everyone's very mindful of each other's time. So, I've never really I mean, we have a fair amount of meetings, not a ton, but Maybe maybe just like a couple or a few a week, but they, it's all, you know, I always need to be there and I'm happy to be. And it's, I'm challenged with the work, but the fact that it's not my own thing, there's naturally less pressure or, you know, a little lightness to it. I know. Sometimes I wonder, like, could I bring that kind of lightness whenever I fantasize about a day job? Like, even becoming a creative director at an agency, which is funny because I own my own agency. <laughs> like, why can't I just be the creative director at my own agency, which I am? Um, but there's something about thinking about someone else owning it where there is that relief from ownership, like just not taking it so personal. So then sometimes I think, well, why can't I just take my own job less personal? Like this job that I've created for myself, because it's really no different. Like at the end of the day, I would be doing the exact same things that I'm doing now, just with like less of that kind of emotional weight or burden. So that's my challenge to myself whenever it comes to this sort of thing. It's just hard to break that. Do you think that maybe if you were to ever like how this might be tricky to answer because your boss might be listening, but do you feel (laughs) like there's um, 
like a expiration date. Cause I've also thought this too. Like if I were to ever go get a day job, I think I would give myself like a one or two year limit, you know, almost like some people do with quitting their day job. They say, okay, if I can't make it after a year or two years, I'll go back to a day job. You know, have you ever thought about that? Like, okay, I'm going to try this for X amount of years and then see. I really don't have a timeline for it. Sincerely. I think that one of the big things that I realized in this process of going back is how just sort of fluid our careers are and how much nothing, like wherever we are for, I mean, I, I already have years, I'm 30, and there's already years where I'm like, what did I even do in those two years? I have no idea. Like, I can't even off the top of my head, like, think of anything that happened. And obviously, the older we get, the more we have of that. So I'm definitely less concerned about the, the like, quick making every year, day, minute, a, just a big, big bang, you know. But, like, uh, yeah, I don't know that I was going to get to a point. But, like, I don't, I don't really have a limit. I feel like it's okay to, for me right now, it, I'm not in a hurry to get out or to like, you know, do, to serve my time and then go back. I'm, I, I, I don't know what's next. It's kind of nice. It feels like a break, but I mean, it's not to say the job isn't hard and challenging. Just, you know what I mean? Just from the, like having everything be on my shoulders. For sure. Has um has having a day job affected how you run chipper things at all? Like, have you changed your goals and your milestones, or are you just like continuing business as usual? Probably from the outside, business as usual. But it, I think, I mean, I I think I would have thought at this point I would have it would look different. Like I would have an employee by now and I would, I would have all these systems and I would really learn to work smarter, not harder. Cause I have to, cause I have a job, but all that stuff just still takes time to figure out. So I'm way more efficient and I have just kind of the way I think about it now and the way it's structured and like how I'm prioritizing feels a lot more mature than it did. And I don't know if that's just, um, a result of like, you know, being older and a little more experienced with chipper things, or if that's a result of kind of having more headspace with the job, but it doesn't look too different, but it, it feels so much more in alignment and uh, focused and intentional than it did even six months ago. Like, I'm curious in what ways do you feel like you're able to explore concepts a little bit deeper or spend more time just using your talent of illustrating and designing and coming up with concepts and being clever? Like, in what ways do you feel like it's matured and in what ways have your priorities shifted? I don't even know if this is a major thing, but I've been thinking about it. So not having that my bank account just be chip like making money for chipper things. And that's just growing that uh, gives me a little bit more freedom, like even doing these Facebook ads. I, I feel like now I, I have these projects that I want to knock down. And I'm trying to I'm building more of a foundation. It's like, okay, when you get that right, you can move on to the next thing. So there's there's all kinds of areas like um, just reconfiguring how I'm doing wholesale and kind of stepping not stepping back from wholesale entirely, but stepping back from the idea that like everything I sell needs to be available wholesale and just different ways to make money. And uh, yeah, just 
having, I guess like having the, the, I, I see it more now as every, every, per, everything I want to do, it's not, it's less like jumbled. It's, it has like these little pockets of projects and I'm just like pit one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. When you, when you get this right, then you get to move on. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a lot of, it's just an organizational focus. Did I answer your question? I, I, I've been trailing off. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Because it sounds like you simply, like, I don't mean to use the word frantic as if you were frantic, but like, I even think about like how, how we do things or how I've always done things. Like you get an idea and you implement it immediately because this is your livelihood and you got to make shit do. Um, whereas you're in a place now where that, that like anxiety and pressure is gone in a way that you can address things in your business with less of that frantic energy. And this is making me feel dreamy as fuck at the moment. Um, Kathleen, I promise I'm not quitting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it does sound like a really dreamy way to do business, especially when business isn't jumping off as quickly as you would like. And but I do also want to say, like, I also feel for people who do see entrepreneurship as like the end game. I feel like this could also be super dangerous. This idea of like going back to a day job and getting comfortable and what that could do. I love, I love though, that what you're finding out of this experience is that you're actually able to address your business in a more mature manner, um, as opposed to anything negative. It sounds like your path is positive thus far. Another thing that I was thinking about as you were speaking to this is with the bank account and even the separation there, I imagine having $10,000 in, or let's say $5,000. I have $5,000 in my bank account and I can pay my bills or I can buy Facebook ads. If that's my sole source of income, I'm going to be paying my bills first, right? I'm not going to be able to invest that back into Facebook ads. Whereas it sounds like now, $5,000 instead of feeling like, a very little amount of money, it might feel like a ton of money that you can invest back into this one silo or this one project that you're wanting to figure out, whether that's like a new way to ship your products or Facebook ads or whatever it is. Um, it just almost seems like you're able to stretch your money a little bit more and use it a little more wisely because there's kind of more of it, even even though it's kind of all evening out in the wash financially. Um, it seems like you're able to invest without fear. I was just saying that I am historically have had sort of a scarcity mindset. Uh, of course, no one has that intentionally, but just trying to be very careful with every little bit and DIY at all. Uh, but even today, I just I had this thing I needed to send someone a bio and it's for it's a new, I have a bio, but it's kind of for a different direction. And I emailed a friend who's a copywriter and I was like, what's your right to look at this? And I never would have done that recently because I write and I, the bio looks good, but just to think like, this is what the money's there for is to make the, have the best version of the best of the most important thing. So yeah, I, I still, I wouldn't say I'm like all, I have it all figured out, but I'm, I'm much closer or further along than I was when I, I had like so, so many more balls to juggle. So this is maybe a weird question, but I'm thinking in terms of people who maybe haven't gone into a day job again, but people who are in a day job now who are working on their side hustle to, to get it off the ground. 
I feel like your experience here is the experience that we want people to have before they quit their day job the first time. So you have like Chipper Things is your side hustle and or maybe not, but it is in this context, it's your side hustle. You have your day job and you are in a good mindset to really grow your hustle, your creative business really smartly. And so for all the people who are in a day job who think they need to take the leap really quickly. I think you are a perfect example of how you can really really utilize your day job as a secure place to focus on growing your business as smartly as possible. Um, so again, I guess less of a question and more of just an observation that I feel like the way you're doing it is the right way of doing it. I like Thank it. Thank you. At least for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, and we all have... Exactly. Every, not everyone would do what I'm doing in my position, but it's what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going all in with it. I think that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, I have so much, and I'm sure you do too, after being bosses, I have so much gratitude for my boss and what he's built to the fact that he's built a thing where he can pay people consistently and provide, I mean, provide like security and a livelihood for people. I definitely didn't have that same appreciation at my first job. I, I mean, I, I would say I wouldn't have probably described myself as an entitled person, but looking back the way that I thought that like, well, I just want to do my own thing. And I, I don't like that. I have an hour long lunch or whatever. Like I, I mean, I was grateful for that job, but I like compared to how I see it now, I'm like, gosh, this is, that is so cool that somebody can can build something from nothing and employ people. I mean, I just feel like there's there should be so much more gratitude than resentment or discontentment. You know, if if we don't like something, then then make a better version of it. But if we have the opportunity to make our better version while someone else is paying us, that is the dream. Like to, to, to take that for granted is crazy to me. Right. I just had a really great imagining of like forcing everyone to be an entrepreneur for a year of like really using your skills to make money on your own period and how that would totally transform the workforce. Like for sure, just keep everyone from taking all of those things from granted. I love that a ton. And also just realizing that everyone's an entrepreneur because, you know, your boss doesn't have it all figured out. That's the thing that I have this appreciation now for my old CEO at my advertising agency just because um, he's in the exact position that I'm in now and I totally took it for granted. But I think in an appropriate way, like the way that a kid takes their parents for granted until you start seeing you know, other not so great examples of parenting. And you're like, whoa, my parents are awesome. It's just <laughs> yes. like you don't know what you don't know, right? And so I think that that's a lot of it is just not knowing what you don't know. Okay, so I have a question about like what kind of practical advice would you give to someone who is thinking about exploring a day job option. And before you answer that, though, I just want to say thank you for like being so open and talking about this. I know it's kind of a weird, like sticky topic and there's lots of different feelings around it and that it's not 
always clear cut. And I think that's the entire point is that we live in a world where people might have a hybrid, like where there's a day job and a hustle and a family and a, you know, um, another passion project. And then on top of that, a club that they're a part of. And then another opportunity comes out of that. And I just think that we have so much opportunity now that sometimes it's hard to really silo ourselves into this one identity or this one label. And I think that so many people attach their identity to being a creative entrepreneur, that entrepreneur part of it, that whenever they think about getting a day job for whatever reason, whether it's financially or emotionally or whatever, they can really go through a bit of a crisis. And so for you to share your story about this, I think is going to be helpful for so many people to navigate those decisions themselves. And so my question is, beyond the thank you, is what kind of um, advice would you give to someone who is thinking about exploring their options whenever it comes to getting a day job, whether that's mindset or just even practical, like resume updates? Um, what would you tell someone to do? Thank you for your thank you. It has been a pleasure. I mean, it's a thing. It is a weird thing. And it's kind of a, the reverse trajectory of what we're often told success looks like. It's like, oh, you become an expert and then you get to do your own thing and make more money, your own time, your own boss and all that. And it's just, uh, it's, I'm, I kind of wish that I had heard more stories of like, this is good. You're still a success. You're still on your path. And the paths are usually, uh, they're not like a one-way street. Um, so this has been fun to share. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, but my advice would be, I, I mean, I guess if they're already thinking about it, that's that's where I think that's a great start. Just picturing if you're so sort of resilient, you know, the idea is so, feels so distant, like I couldn't do that. I mean, just just picturing what if, you know, what would it look like? Just what if? And I think that's a place to start. And then asking for what you want. It sounds so simple, but, but like, it was so hard, like for me to, like I said, to pinpoint what, what would the dream be? So that what are the skills you would love to get to practice or to improve upon? What are you good at? And then just telling people that and telling them what you want, reach out to the dream companies, look at places if you want to work remote I mean, nothing, nothing that new, but I, I would say the thing that helped me, gave me the most freedom was when I, I, um, opened up and just started talking about it and just with friends about how I was feeling and then also for opportunities. I love it. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. I'm so excited that you've done this because I have talked to, so many creatives lately who are thinking about going to get a day job. And, and again, there can be some like heavy feelings around it. But it, one, you look fantastic. You look super happy and you're all glowy because the sun is shining down on you in a beautiful way. Um, but also just you look super pleased with how it is that you're able to express yourself like creatively and still and still do all your things. So I love I love that you've been able to come and share this this unusual journey for what we usually share here on being boss but one that I think is no less boss for it thank you this has been a delight all right wait so one more question 
We always ask everyone what makes them feel most boss right now, but I want to like really tailor this question to what makes you feel boss in the context of working for someone else? Because I think that employees can be bosses too. Well, I remember, I want to answer the question first that you didn't ask, because last time we did an interview, I think I remember y'all wore lipstick and I didn't, or maybe... I don't know. There's a lipstick situation that I remember, and I just knew I want to wear lipstick, and I feel really boss wearing lipstick. So lipstick is fabulous. It's so fun. So that's the first uh, one, and then uh, just being. I think it's it's when I have let's see, having an idea and just saying it, like suggesting it, being like, is there you know be cool with this, doing it, executing it, like making other people's lives easier. And in a, in such a way that something that I like, it's my thing I'm bringing to the table, like that's what I'm here to do. Uh, I it just it feels good to do a good job. And to contribute. If only every employee was like, well, you. I'm not. Don't, <laughs> don't give me too much credit. I did just make Facebook ads. Remember that. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so glad you came and chatted with us. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll actually, I want to chat with you in six months about those Facebook ads, if you don't mind. Don't mind if we do. And where can our listeners find more about Chipper Things? ChipperThings.com and at ChipperThings on the Insta, mostly Instagram, but, you know, the places you find one on the internet. I know. I feel like could all podcasts stop asking this question because everyone knows how to Google. Yeah, but it's nice because it's like you're not making me be like, oh, and you can find Chipper Things. You know, okay. it's like, oh, okay, then wait, we'll keep you asking asked, the question. So I'll tell you. you guys, Chipper Things is amazing. I love your style. It's quirky and fun and in a heavy world. It brings a little bit of brightness to our day. Thank you. Amen. We have gotten so much amazing feedback over the years from listeners about how our podcast has helped them start to grow and uplevel their businesses. So we want to celebrate you. Here's the boss we're celebrating this week. My name's Hannah Brower. I am a dance choreographer, a yoga enthusiast, a color guard coordinator, an artist, a motivational speaker, and a lover of life. I do an array of jobs ranging from working with high school students, in the performing arts to teaching yoga to U.S. Army soldiers. Today, I am celebrating the decision to no longer blur the line between hobby and career. I have this narrow part of life that I've like become an expert in, and I found my voice. I am not just a confusing combination of every job title I hold, but a movement educator dedicated to my passion, the importance of physical, mental, and spiritual alignment in your life. And starting today... I'm going to be boss. If you're feeling boss and want to submit your own boss moment or win, go to www.beingboss.club slash I am being boss. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us. And you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club. 
Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brain. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our Bean counter, David Austin. With support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. This is a, can we just keep this interview going for another hour? I'm having a lot of fun. You want to hang yeah. out? Yeah. Actually, here. Well, what else do you want to talk about? Right? Or, yeah. What else do you want to talk about, Becky? What? You can ask us questions. What's I was, up? I was like half joking. Like if, oh, okay, like so if we'll I could, no, out. if I could have my way, we would, but you know, wait, are we, are we still in the interview? Yeah, we're okay. still in the interview. Ooh. Going. What do you want to talk I'm, about? What What's do we want to talk about? Well, how's life? Life this is, is so... where the real interview starts, <laughs> listeners. Right? Um, I kind of want to talk to you off air. Okay. Is that allowed? Dear All listeners, right. okay. then love y'all to everyone. Else. Do the work, be boss. <laughs> Bye.